to the Psalms where we looked last time. Psalm 124. Psalm 124. Verse 1. It said, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us that have swallowed us up quick, when their wrath was kindled against us, the waters had overwhelmed us, the stream had gone over our soul, the proud waters gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who's not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Is the Lord our helper? Hallelujah. Is the Lord on our side? On your side? Said out loud, the Lord helps me. The Lord is on my side. Man, that ought to make you smile when you say that. Do you know who you're talking about? In Psalm 118, Psalm 118 and 7 says it again, uh, or 6 rather, 118.6, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord takes my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. Verse 13, you've thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. Hallelujah. Say it again, the Lord's on my side. He takes the part with them that help me. He upholds my soul. God is my helper. That's what Psalm 54, 4 says. Put that up, 54, 4. says, God is my helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. 56, 9. Let's look at it. 56, 9 in the Psalms. When I cry to you, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. <laughs> He's with me. He's on my side. He takes apart with those that help me. He upholds my soul. He's for me. Do we believe this? And in Romans 8 chapter, Romans 8 and 31, New Testament, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So God is for us, and if he's for us, verse 31 said, who can be against us? Uh, now we, we have an adversary who is against us, but this is saying, who can be against us successfully? The Bible said in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. What will happen, according to James, if you resist the devil, what will happen? He'll flee from you. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world, never think your situation is unique. That's another trick of the enemy. Nobody knows what you're going through. Nobody's ever been through such a thing. That's just not true. The Bible said that our brethren throughout the world are experiencing the same afflictions. Don't believe it. But do believe that even though you've got an adversary and an enemy, greater is he that's in you and for you than he that's against you. Can you say amen? amen. Say it again, God. God. My, God my God is with me. He's on my side. He's for me. And if God is for me, 
Who? What? Can successfully be against me? Oh, praise God. That'd be enough to shout about. Run around the room about. Holler about. Kick up your heels about. Huh? The creator of the heavens and the earth. The almighty is for me. On my side. With me. Helping me. Thank you, Lord. If that's true, we ought to make it. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're in some kind of financial endeavor and somebody says, who's your backers? And you said, well, a couple people you might know, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, <laughs> you know, some other people that are known billionaires. Well, you ought to make it. Right? But your finances ought to be there. Well, there's somebody bigger than all them. And a whole lot more than them. Right? If God's for you, we ought to make it. The psalmist said, David said, I've been young and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Believers are not beggars. Hmm? And it misrepresents God for preachers, churches, ministries to pull on others and beg. Hmm? It misrepresents our God for us as individuals, as believers, to ever beg. It's not about being proud. It's about knowing who's for you. That was kind of weak. Do I need to camp on this some more? You know, uh, much of the church has a bad reputation. I know. I mean, we've done business with people. And there's been a number of folks that the first first business, I'm talking about non-religious entities, Banks, businesses, business people. And a lot of times when they found out we're a church, they looked at us sideways. And it took a deal or two and some time with us before they realized, oh yeah, we like you. But they had had bad experiences with churches and with ministries because they talked a big talk. And didn't do anything. Or they, they begged. And they tried to put condemnation on you. Tried to put guilt on people. Tried to guilt them in. Because we're a church. Asking for preacher discounts. Why? Why does a preacher. Of a God who created the heavens and the earth. Amen. <laughs> Asking for a church discount. We don't do it. No. Now if God deals with somebody to sow something to you, that's a different thing. You didn't ask for something. God dealt with them. Come on, can you see this? And now we have to decide, okay, is the Lord dealing with them? Is that right? There's been some things we haven't received. Because it wasn't right. Somebody was trying to get something. Well, a seed is not a trade. Right? I said a seed is not a trade. And you can't buy the blessing of the Lord. Jesus has paid for that. Is that right? And nobody can add to it. So, how did we get off into this? The church, some of the church in times past and even to the present, has misrepresented the Lord being beggars. We don't have to beg bankers. Amen. We don't, did you hear? I'm going to say that one again. We don't have to beg bankers. That's right. I didn't say you couldn't work with a banker. But you get to a place where somebody is trying to lord it over you. It's time for you to get up and walk. Yeah, but I can't have it. Oh, yes, you can. 
Yes, you can. Well, yeah, but if they don't do it, so you're believing a lie now. If they don't give us that or they don't do that, then I can't have it. That's not true. God can do it 10,000 other ways you have never thought about. Don't misrepresent him by acting pitiful and pulling on people or trying to guilt people into something. Hmm? None of that's God. Can you see there's been a lot of misrepresentation? Don't go around asking for a discount. Because you're a Christian. <laughs> well, I'm a believer. <laughs> so? <laughs> if you're a believer, you could even pay more. <laughs> oh, I lost somebody there. I lost somebody there. Didn't I? If you're a believer, you probably don't need help. God, big as your God? Is, is your God really the creator of the heavens and the earth? Is he? Is he? Then why do you need to beg? Why do you need to ask for a preacher discount? Or a church discount? Or a Christian discount? <laughs> believers are not beggars. And beggars are not believing. You're not. If you're begging, what does that mean? It means you've got their eyes on them. And you're trying to put pressure on them to get them to do it. And you think if they don't do it, you're not going to get it. Which means you are not looking to God. Faith, real faith, puts no pressure on people. Are you listening? I said faith. Puts no pressure. That includes preachers putting pressure on the congregation. That includes Christian business people putting pressure on people for sales. Hmm? There are people who uh, compromise their own conscience. Pushing people into a sale that they know is not right for them. Something that's going to be a burden for them simply because they want the commission. That's ungodly. I said, that's not right. And you don't have to do that. You can, you can be in a situation with somebody and say, you know, I know this is going to cost me some money, but I don't think this is right for you. And then walk out the door and then you say, I claim sales. They are coming to me. Is that right? In abundance and good ones and deals. And big contracts, they're co- use your faith. That's not pressure in people that you look into God. Next thing you know, you'll have a sale, a contract that'll make three of what you just left. Is it, do you believe it? This is how it works. But you can't put pressure on people. You can't compromise your conscience. You sure can't lie. And your faith work. Who is with you? Who is helping you. Who's backing you. Then you ought to be in good shape. Right? And if you're not experiencing that. You're believing it. I said you're believing it. And not being moved by what you see. And you're getting there quickly. I said you're getting there quickly. Thank you Lord. Said out loud I'm not a beggar. It's not that I'm. Not, I'm too proud to beg. I just don't have to. I don't need to. Right? Because man's not my source. (laughs) Man, we've had situations in the ministry where people offered to sow big seed into the ministry. I mean big seed. They offered to, you know, well, I won't won't go into all that, but (laughs) big seed. And we had a check about it. So we waited. And so folks asked, asked more questions about it and Finally, I was out of town, and somebody, uh, the, the representative of these folks called Phyllis one, one night after service and said, why aren't you giving them what they want, and why aren't you doing it? Don't you know that, that they can take care of you and do this? And that was saying the wrong thing. She backed up. She said, nobody but the Lord's our source. Amen. Nobody but the Lord. Ain't no man can take care of you from now on. Amen. There is no such a man or woman. Huh? 
Besides that, it takes more than money. It takes a lot more than money for everything you need and to be okay. And, uh, well, they didn't like that. So they pulled out. And they, they didn't do it. And the Lord took care of it anyway. Hallelujah. And we found out later that some folks that did help messed them up. Caused them serious problems. And we were saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of us. Say it out loud. No man, no man is my source. Is my source. No, man. no man. God, God is, my source. is my source. Hallelujah. If God is your source, you don't have to beg. You don't have to pressure. Is that right? You don't have to kowtow to. And you just don't. If people don't want to do it, you just smile and go, fine. And in your mind, you're saying, he'll do it another way. Amen. And you're going to miss out a blessing. But hey, God lets us have a free will. He's not going to make anybody do anything. But if people don't do what he, he wants them to do, he will use someone else. This is all through the word of God. And they'll get the blessing. And a lot of these we're talking about, these are eternal rewards. We know very little about that. But they're going to be, they're going to be amazing. And they're going to last forever. Apparently, millennia and millions of years from now, people will still know and remember what you did. It's going to be a part of your crown and a part of your reward. What the Lord does is forever. Hallelujah. I think if we really understood some of these things, we'd be liquidating and pumping things into the, into the kingdom of God. <laughs> Go with me, please, to the book of Daniel. And let's talk some more about the Lord being with us. You know, it's liberating to know you don't have to depend on people to meet your needs. It's liberating. It's liberating. Man, it makes you free. Glory to God. I know when I first first got in the ministry, uh, our own ministry, we had helped Brother Hagin's ministry, but in the early 80s, we began developing our ministry, More Life Ministries was the name of it. It was a traveling ministry. We did that for 20-some years before we ever pastored a church. And, um, and of course, we still do that. <laughs> and... Um, I knew I, I felt I should write a uh, partner letter. We're prepping and sending out one right now. A lot of you are also partners in More Life Ministries. It's a traveling arm uh, of the ministry. And uh, like I said, you know, we've had partners with that ministry years before there were churches. And uh, one of the first partner letters, and I'm thinking... I want to tell our partners how thankful I am for their participation in this ministry. I don't want to ask for anything. I just don't. And I remember sitting at my little desk. We had a little tiny house and a tiny little old old desk. We bought it secondhand somewhere. And I'm thinking, I just don't want to ask for anything. So I sat there and I thought and I thought, Tried to see when the why are you writing it? Well, I want to thank the partners for what they're doing, and I want to tell them we're in faith with them, and we pray over them, and but I don't want to ask for anything. I want to give them something, and that's when the Lord said, "Well, you can do it," and we started putting a cassette tape. Anybody was a partner from that far back? You got the cassettes? We'd put a cassette. Now, those first ones were done in our little house with four or five people sitting in the floor putting cassettes in, in the uh, thing. And I thought, well, and actually, I'm, I'm got ahead of myself. I said, Lord, I, wanna, I, wanna, I don't want to ask for anything. I want to give. I want to give. This is what he said to me. I don't mean I heard a voice. He didn't say. He said, Keith, the most precious thing you have to give is the revelation of the word I give you. 
That's the most precious thing you have to give. And I thought, I can give that on a cassette tape. I can, I can give some of that. And so we did. We believed God, and we did it. We've been doing it ever since. And, and eventually that turned into the full-blown word supply. And those servers are on 24-7. People downloading whatever they want at no charge from all over the world. And soon it'll be in multiple languages. I say that by faith. You with me? You with me? Soon, no matter what language you speak, it can be in your language. I envision rows and rows and rows of servers. Dark needs to be cold in there too, you know, for all that heavy equipment. And those little lights blinking. You know what that means? Somebody in Africa is downloading a series. Somebody in Hungary. Come on, are you with me? Somebody in Australia. Somebody in Venezuela is downloading something in Spanish or Portuguese. Come on, are you with me? Somebody over in China. Hallelujah. Is downloading in their language. Can you see it? I can see it. And all of you that are partners and have sown into that, it's just as much you doing it as it is me and, and Phyllis. Do you believe that or not? We couldn't do it without you. And so I, that helped me. I thought, well, I don't have to ask for anything. And when it comes to projects, if you'll notice, I'm not asking for anything. I'm telling you what the vision is. What we're believing for. Right? Not asking. Because it's between you and the Lord. If the Lord deals with you, that's great. If he doesn't, that's good too. But it'll come. I said it'll come. That's where my faith comes in. It will come. Through somewhere. Are you with me? Well, that's exactly the way you operate personally. You operate the very same way. You don't have to put pressure on people. You don't have to beg. Hmm? And in things that has to do with you personally, you don't even have to ask anybody. You can just ask for it. Believe it. And the Lord's done some amazing things for me in that area. I know he has you too. Some uh, 20 years ago, I was we were doing a music project in the studio. And... Um, I play some keyboard, and I play some rhythm acoustic guitar. I've never been a lead player. That's a different thing, guitar. But I saw a gold top Gibson Les Paul, and I thought, I'd like to have one of them. And not that I had had developed any ability to play, I just would like to have one. And so I was going down the road in my car one day after, after I'd seen one, and I, I said, Lord, I just ask you for one. I'm in the car by myself. I, I ask you for one of those. I'd like to have one of those. I ask you for one. I believe I received one. Amen. And I didn't think about it sometimes for days or weeks at a time, but when I did cross my mind, I'd say, thank you for that, Lord. Well, year and a half or two passed, and I was coming out of a service. And it was nighttime after the service, and I came out, and I had a rental car. I think it was either a Lincoln or a Cadillac. This has been quite a while back. And I came to get in the car, and there's a guitar case on the trunk. There's not a soul around. (laughs) There's nobody around. And there's this guitar case just sitting on the trunk. I thought, what? I went around, I looked at it. It said Gibson. I thought, mmm, Gibson. Now, I don't know any musicians in the house, any guitar players. You may not know it. A gold top Les Paul. I'm talking about the real deal. That's a player's instrument. I popped it. What do you think it was? Gold top. Les Paul. Not a brand new one. It's one from the era when it was one of the very best made. You know, like some some instruments, they're seasoned, the wood and everything, the way it was made and the time. It's one of them. Oh. Oh, Nobody's around. 
How did he get here? Amazing. I didn't, nobody knew. I don't think Phyllis knew. Nobody knew. Is God real or not? Does he hear a prayer or not? Do you have to beg? Do you have to pull? Do you have to push or, or pressure or lie or steal? No, you don't. You don't. You don't. Because the one who can do anything is for you. He's with you. He hears you. He's on your side. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And something that's just about as fun. Oh, this would have been 15 years after that. Somebody gave me a Gibson Les Paul Black Beauty. I don't know if you know what that is, but that's another one. And it was, uh, anybody know Peter Frampton? That's his guitar. The triple pickup. It's called a Black Beauty. And somebody gave me one. And I wasn't even asking for it. I received it though. <laughs> and I put it in a case in my in my house. I just like looking at it. <laughs> but you know, uh, boy, this is in none of my notes here. <laughs> but uh, uh, I had it for ten years. And uh, Jesse and Kathy Duplantis were over at the house one time. Anybody know Jesse, Brother Jesse and Kathy? They're fr- we're friends. And uh, he saw it. He said, is, is, is that a black beauty? I said, yep. It's a real deal. I said, get it out. Get it out. He said, oh, can I? I said, yeah, get it out. He played around. He said, oh, man. Black beauty. You know how Jesse is. I mean, oh, man. Black beauty. Black beauty. <laughs> Again, it's, this guitar you can't just go buy new. This was from an era and a time. and, and uh, I mean, you can, but it's a little different. And uh, you can buy one like it. And uh, anyway, I don't know, four or five years passed. And the Lord dealt with me, sold that guitar to him. I thought, yeah. So I had to check on that, you know, make sure that was that was because you know you don't come across them just any anywhere and all the time. I mean, but you know, all I had to do is just make sure that that was from the Lord. And as soon as I get that, then to me it's like it's not mine anymore, because really it's not, right? I mean, it's not mine. And so I was going to see him at a meeting in probably two or three weeks, couple of weeks. I thought, well, when I get there, I'll bring it, and I'll sow it to him. And the Lord dealt with me, no, tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow? Well, I was flying actually by there on my way to another place. I thought, well, I can. I can just land right there. I'm I'm going that way anyway. And so I, I put it in the plane, had a couple of guys with me for ministry stuff, and so we stopped. I, I called him. He happened to be there, which was unusual. You talking about somebody that goes? And so he met me at the at the airport, and and he's puzzled because he don't know why I'm there, and I didn't tell him. And I said, uh, I got out of the plane. He said, Good to see you. Good to see. You. He said, uh, What's going on? I said, I want you. I want to know if you could help me with something. He said, What? You need help? You in trouble? What you need? <laughs> He said, you need me to hide you? So I said, no, no. I don't need you to hide me. It was just one Jesse. But he was, re- he was ready to help me. I, 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 that blessed me. He said, what, what you need? What, you in trouble? I said, no, I'm not in trouble. <laughs> no. I had to quit laughing. I said, no. He said, well, what? What's going on? I said, I wanted to know if you'd take care of my black beauty for me. He said, take care of your black beauty. I said, yeah. He said, what? Take care of it? I said, yeah, you know, like from now on, would you take care of my black beauty? For me? He said, no. I said, yeah. He said, no. I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, no. 
I pulled it out. We opened it up. He said, oh, Lord. <laughs> and, and then someone's guy came around and he said, you see what that is? He said, no, that's not a black. He said, it is. It's black beauty. He said, he said, no, don't touch it. Just look. <laughs> it blessed him so much. Now, he's a wealthy man. He could have got one of these many times, but for some reason, he just never did. You know, he used to be a musician before he was in the ministry, and he had always, from the time way back when he was young, first getting started, he had always admired that. The Lord let me do that. And I believe when he gave it to me, he let me look at it for a couple of years, but when he gave it to me, that was what was going on. He was getting it to him. Come on, can you see this? That's more fun than receiving. Isn't it? The Lord wants to do that with you. I said the Lord wants to do that with you. He wants to do that with me on a regular basis. But you can't do it so broke that you got nothing and you can't hardly pay your utility bills. Come on, are you with me? You've got to be blessed. You've got to have some nice stuff in order to sow nice stuff. Anybody remember Jesus and the woman with the alabaster box of ointment? Anybody remember that? And that's when Judas Iscariot said this this was wasted. It could have been sold and given to the poor. That's what much of the church believes today. And they treat it like it's a quote from Jesus. It's a quote from Judas. Not Jesus. Their doctrines are based on what Judas Iscariot said. Oh, that should be sold and given to the poor. That's a direct quote from Judas Iscariot. Who betrayed the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. That's what his problem was. He said he was a thief. He was upset because the money didn't get in the bag so he could get to it. Had nothing to do with the poor. He's being a hypocrite. He said it was about the poor, but it wasn't about the poor. This woman... This alabaster box of ointment, you're talking money. It's at least a year worth a year's wage. Now, depending on what a year's wage is. But we're figuring at least what? 30 grand? 40 grand? 60 grand? I mean, depends on what you're talking about or more. Let's just say 30 grand. You know why this woman could give a $30,000 box of perfume to Jesus? Oh, come on, somebody help me out. Because she had a $30,000 box of of perfume. I don't have one. Maybe you need one. Hmm? She had that in her house. She had that on her dresser or under it or wherever it was. That was hers. And it was valuable. And she wanted to express Her love for the master. Come on, can you see that? Her brother was dead, cold in the grave just a day or so ago. Come on, are you with me? He's sitting up in there laughing with Jesus, asking for some more macaroni and cheese. Their life. This happened more than once. It happened with another woman who had been a, you know, apparently a sinner woman, the Bible said, but God saved her and cleaned her up and helped her. She wanted to do the same kind of thing. How, how could they do it? Because they had it. God wants you to have some nice stuff in your life, in your house, not only for you to have and enjoy, but for him to bless other people through you. With it, Come on, do you believe this or not? It won't just fall on you by accident. You've got to believe it. And you've got you to open up yourself to think like this and receive like this. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Jesse's crazy. I saw him just a few days ago. And he, he said, man, I'm so enjoying that black beauty. He said, other people want to play it. And I say, no. No. <laughs> He said, he said, that black beauty is the other woman in my life. It's Kathy. And then the black beauty, he said, don't tell Kathy. <laughs> Did that sound kind of like it? Don't tell Kathy. I think I'm more blessed. Amen. Uh, do you see what I'm saying? It's more blessed, Jesus said, 
It's more blessed to give than to receive. And I didn't tell you the rest of the story. Why that day? I didn't know that. You don't have to know. And he said, do you know what happened yesterday? I said, no. He said, I sewed my best guitar yesterday <laughs> to his, his associate pastor that works, or his pastor that works at the church there. He said, I sewed it to him. And he said, and so he said, what are you believing for? He said, uh, uh, well, you know, I've always liked the black beauty. He said, but I, I, I'm just believing. He said, and I, I, but he, he said, something came up in me. He said, you watch. It'll come so quick. Something's coming to me really, really quick. show up less than 24 hours later with it in my hand. Glory to God. You know why I could sew it? I had one. And I could get there in a couple hours. It was on my way. Oh, is God good or is God good? God is so good. People wrestle with these things. They struggle with these things. They fight these things. But God's perfect will for us is to have faith adventures every day. We ought to just be excited when our eyes come open in the morning because we don't know what God's going to do for us today. What's going to come into our life, what we're going to get to experience, to enjoy, and what's going to come through us. Hallelujah, into the lives of other people that is their dream come true. It's their need met. Come on, can you see these things? Does this sound like a good life to you? It's the best. It's the best. Many people are fighting it, but it's sad because it's God's will for everybody. All of us could be operating on a higher level of this, but it begins by just saying, yes, I believe. Somebody say, yes, I. Lord, use me. Use me. Use me. And it can be not that something huge has to come into your life. It can already be in your life. Right now. It may be in your closet. It may be in your garage. Come on, are you with me? It may be in your jewelry box right now. Uh oh. <coughs> Did that get too I'm not asking for anything. I'm just saying this is how things work. And it could be uh, you know, I- I've seen Phyllis. Take off some of her nice jewelry, earrings, and, and give them to the lady at the uh, at the grocery store that she never don't know. I've seen Phyllis take off nice bracelets and rings and give them to people uh, that was on the other side of the check-in place at the airport. You know, just being led. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's fun. Now you, you don't want to just do something off the top of your head. You can waste your seed. I'm talking about when the Lord deals with you. You say, well, he he never deals with me. You're not listening. (laughs) You're not listening because he does deal with you. He he, he is talking. Just folks are better and worse at listening, at paying attention. Don't try to hear an audible voice. He's inside you. I said he's inside you. Don't try to make it spectacular. In fact, the leading of the Lord can come so naturally to you it can be like your own thought. And yet, you didn't think it up. It didn't come from out here. And you didn't think it up. Where did it come from? It came from the one who's inside you. The one who's right inside you. Is he with you? He's in, so say it out loud. He's in me. He's with me. He's for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Well, I have to see where to go now because we've used up half our time and I hadn't got to my my note. Glory to God. Go to the book of John. And this is a really good message too. Really good. <laughs> go to the book of John, please. John. Hallelujah. Chapter 14. John 14 and uh, 16. The question comes, Brother Keith, how'd you know? How'd you know you were supposed to give that to him? How'd you know you were supposed to go there today and not wait two weeks? <laughs> 
the leading of the Holy Spirit. The leading of the Holy Spirit. This happens in your heart, not in your head. Didn't the scripture say, trust in the Lord with what? All your heart and don't lean to your own understanding. See, there, if you lean to your own understanding, it'll talk you out of obeying God. Because why do I need to do this? Brother Jesse's got plenty of money. He's got guitars. I didn't know he'd just sold his best one. Why, why do I need to do that? Why do I need to do that? Why do I need to do it tomorrow? I'll see him in a few weeks. Why? Why? I'm busy. It's going to take my time. Why? You get to getting into any of that. That's how you miss God. Amen. I said, that's how you miss it. I think I've told you, but it'll bear repetition. One of the first times I really knew I had heard from God in these areas was back in the uh, early 80s and I was just starting in ministry and uh, a young man was ministering there at the school where I was going and uh, I had one or two little jackets and a couple of pair of dress pants that was my entire wardrobe and had one pair of dress shoes. And I'm training in the ministry. And they wanted us to wear a tie. And, and think that way. And, and they're right. But I was limited. And so uh, my shoes. Wearing them every day. Had gotten rough. And uh, well we're learning faith. So I prayed. Released my faith for a pair of shoes. And mine kept getting worse. As the days went by and weeks went by. But I'm in faith the best way I know how. Here comes in the mail. $50. From an unexpected. Uh, not source but channel. Unexpected channel. And I was so excited. I thought glory to God. I have prayed. I believe the Lord. Here's my shoe money. And of course a few years ago. $50 would buy even a nicer pair of shoes. And so I'm going to get me a nice pair of dress shoes. The mall was just, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes from where we were. I'm in school, and then we had prayer school. We had healing school, and that didn't get out till like 4 o'clock. But then after that, I'm going to the mall, getting me some new, new dress shoes. And boy, that day I prayed good. Man, I prayed. I, oh, glory to God, I prayed, I prayed. And like I said, there was a young man. He's two or three years older than me, but he'd been in ministry for a few years. And he was preaching there at the healing school and doing a great job. Man, I mean, he's doing a good job preaching faith and healing. And I was getting blessed. And while I'm there on the floor praying before the, the healing school, the Lord dealt with me that that young man called his name he said, he's believing me for a pair of brown shoes. <laughs> didn't come from out here. I didn't hear an audible voice. But I didn't think that up. Where'd that come from? It came from inside me. Right up. I'm not, I'm not talking about hearing voices now. It just came right up to my mind. And I just knew it. He's believing me for a pair of brown shoes. I thought, well. Lord, I know you'll do it. What are y'all laughing about? Lord, I, I know you, you did it for me. And, and I, I know you, you, you told me because you must want me to pray for him and, and believe with him. So I'm, I'm, I'm hooking up with him right now. If any two agree on this, he's believing for a prayer, Brown. I'm believing with him. And so, so be it. Money come in. Satan, we bind you up. I prayed for him. Thank you, Lord, for those brown shoes. Specific brown. Well, a few minutes later, I'm trying to pray, and here it comes up again. Same thing. He's believing me for a pair of brown shoes. Just to clear a thought to my mind. I thought, okay. Amen. So I thank God again. <laughs> then the third time, he's believing me for a pair of brown shoes. Sow him your shoe money. 
and I'll take care of you. And you won't lack for shoes. And I rebuke the devil. I, I rebuke. I said, get out of here, Satan. Trying to trip me up. Here I believed God and God's answered my prayers. And here's my shoe money. And here you are trying to trick me. Because I, I had seen that guy's shoes. They look pretty good to me. I mean, he's dressed a whole lot better than I am. And I'd noticed he had worn two or three different pairs of shoes through the week. He's way out better than I am. Now, this is, this is what messes people up. Tell me the scripture again. Trust in the Lord with all your what? Heart. And don't what? Don't lean to your own understanding. So now, see, I'm getting into my understanding. Well, he's obviously doing better than me. Right? That's walking beside. What's that got to do with it? What he's got, how, how he is better off than me, what's that got to do with anything? The Lord either told me to do that or he didn't. You see how people mess up? Walking beside? I rebuke the devil. The Lord's merciful. He knew I'm just learning. Finally, got quiet again. Here it comes again. Same thing. He's believing me for a pair of brown shoes. Sow your shoe money to him. And I'll take care of you. You won't want for shoes. I wrestled with it just a little bit more. And then I thought, that's not the devil. Since when's the devil trying to give good shoes to preachers? Right? I mean, that's, the, that's not the devil. He wants every preacher broke. That's, that's the same spirit that dealt me to come to school. That's the same spirit. I, I, that's not the devil. And I was all ready to go to the mall, too, you know? And I was, I was actually embarrassed, you know, because my shoes looked rough. They didn't look good. I was embarrassed. But, you know, that's not all bad either. That pride needs to die. There you go. It's evil stuff. Now God wants you to have plenty. But the pride needs to die. And you are where you are. Right? You are where you are. Don't need to be pretending, making out like you're not. Doesn't mean you have to stay there either though. Is that right? Don't have to stay there either. So... The uh, prayer school was over. Hour or so passed. Healing school started. That young man was there. He preached. And you know I, I checked his shoes out. And they looked really good. They looked. They were nice. And he was dressed nice. And uh, I had to get that off my mind. What's that got to do with anything? Now let's just stop right here. Who actually needs more help? I need help. I need clothes. How am I going to get them? I'm, I got two little wore out jackets. These shoes, a new pair of $50 shoes is not going to take care of me. Are y'all with me? I need more than this. I need a lot more than this. I need more than this for the rest of this year. And I need beyond this. Come on, can you see this? Can you see the Lord's trying to help me? He's trying to set me up. But it's entirely up to me whether I'll obey or not. (laughs) Is this okay? (laughs) I'll finish the story in just a minute. But uh, in in this chapter, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And he talks about the Holy Spirit in chapter 14, chapter 15. Chapter 16, in verse 13, look in 16, 13, just just for an example. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that shall he speak. And he'll show you things to come. See, that's what's going on with me right now in, in that situation. He said what he heard the master say to me. Come on, can you see this? And... 
Did you hear what he said? Sow him your shoe money. I'll take care of you and you won't want for shoes. Well, that's a word of wisdom. That's revelation about the future. Come on, can you see this? He's showing me things to come. Can you see this? Things to come. And I'm, I'm Ned and the first reader. I'm as green as they come. Both in the Word of God, as a minister, I'm just completely green. But every child of God can be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. And should be. Amen. It's the only way you're going to get it right every time. Only way. He'll, he'll show you things to come. Go over to Romans 8th chapter. Romans chapter 8. Boy, I sure didn't plan on going this way tonight. But what are we talking about? Being led. Is that right? Being led by the Spirit. In Romans 8 and verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Do you believe you've been born again? Do you believe you're a son of God? Both male and female are sons of God. Sons of God should be led. Not by their understanding, not by needs, not by reason, not by opportunities, not by symptoms, not by bills, not by anything external, but rather internally by the Spirit of God. Do you believe it, saints? It's one of the greatest things you could ever learn in your life. In the earlier days of the church, in Faith Life Church, uh, the Lord gave us series, uh, Spirit-Led Life, one and two. They're available to you at no charge. We, we went step by step, took a lot of time. The Lord helped us on it. If you hadn't got that, if that's new to you, please put yourself into it. It will not be a waste of your time. The answer to a thousand questions every day of your life, the answer is be led by the Holy Spirit. He knows everything about everything. Keep reading. You've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. What you do not want to ever be led by is fear. If you're led by fear, the destroyer is leading you. And he's leading you into destruction. Say that loud. I refuse to be led by fear. Now, it didn't take long to say that, but I'm telling you there are millions of Christians who have made decisions and are making their decisions based on fear. Do I go here? Do I go there? Well, I'm afraid this will happen, so I'm going to do this. You were not led by the Spirit. And if you follow fear, the enemy can lead you. Hmm. A lot could be said about this. <laughs> Keep reading. The Spirit itself, we've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit in you is the comforter. You already know Him. It's not going to be some strange thing trying to hear from Him. He's with you. 24-7, all the time. He's inside you already. And when something comes from him to you to illuminate your understanding, it's, it's so normal. It's so natural. It's not going to be shocking and strange to you. In fact, you can discount it as your own thoughts if you're not paying attention. It'll, it'll just come right up out of your spirit. And you just know it. Pay attention to it. Verse 16. The Spirit itself, or actually more translations have it like this, Himself. Himself, because the Holy Spirit's not in it, bears witness with what part of our being? Not our head. That's why you don't trust the Lord with your understanding. He bears witness with what? Our spirit. That we are the children of God. When you got born again, Everybody think with me now. When you got born again, did you know you were a child of God? Did you know? Yes. Could you, could you just knew that on the inside. Yes. That's the Spirit of God communicating to you. Well, not only can He let you know you're a child of God, 
He can let you know where to park. He can let you know whether to buy or to wait. Hmm? He can let you know whether to get involved in this or not get involved with this. He can let, the same way that he lets you know you're a child of God. How did he let you know? By a witness. The witness is a knowing. It's a knowing. Somebody say, thank God for the witness. I am, say it out loud, I am a child of God. I am led by the Spirit of God. I refuse to lean on my understanding. I refuse to be led by fear. I am Spirit-led. Glory to God. I'm Spirit-led. And if you are, you'll wind up at the right place at the right time again and again and again and again. Hallelujah. Go to 1 John, second chapter. I'm going to finish the story. Don't be concerned about it. 1 John 2 and 20 says, 1 John 2, 20, you have an unction. That word means ointment or anointing. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you what? It's not about hearing voices. You what? You know. You know all things. Now, that doesn't mean you're omniscient, but it means all things that you need to know, and even some things that you'd just like to know. You can know, and how are you going to know it? The Spirit of God bears witness with your spirit. The Spirit of God, the anointing within you, causes you to know. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, friend, you, the closer you walk with Him, it can get so strong. In my life, there's, there's times I've been closer to the Lord than at other times. And boy, the times I've been closer to Him, it's amazing. You just get up knowing I know I need to do this. I know I need to call them. I know I need to make this decision. And all this struggling, and I, I don't know, and, and y'all help me decide, that's just because you're not walking close enough to him. Amen. You're not listening. You're not paying attention. It takes the stress out. Amen. The wrangling, the vacillating, the wavering. You don't have to live that way. Because all of that is fear. What if I mess up? What if we make the wrong choice? We better do this because this might not happen. Who led you just then? Every choice you make because of fear, you're going the wrong direction. And the enemy, if you follow him far enough, he will lead you into destruction. A lot of people homeschool. If the Lord told you to, great. But if you're doing it because you're afraid, you're going to have trouble. Are y'all with me? A lot of people do, don't, don't do certain things in business or in ministry. They don't go certain places. They don't get involved in certain things. It's not because the Lord told them not to. They're just afraid of what might happen. Fear is spiritual contraband to a child of God. We should have none of it. Come on, y'all with me? None of it. Well, I can't do that. What if this happens? What if that? You're, you, you, if you live by what ifs, you're going to miss it right and left. There's only one way to get it right. One way. Function by the unction. Be flowing by the knowing. Oh, come on. That was worth you coming out to church. Just, just, just right there. Is that right? Come on, sit out loud. I function. I function. By the unction. I'm flowing. By the knowing. What if I don't know? Then, then quit watching all the other junk. Turn everything off and get to praying. Pray in the spirit. Get your mind quiet. Get your heart quiet. And it'll just come up to you. It'll just come up to you. You'll just, and you know. And at that point, you got to not let your head talk you out of it. Hmm. 
Now see, when, when I was in, in the floor praying as a young, young minister, I mean, I'm six months into the ministry, that came up to me. He's believing me for a pair of brown shoes. Then what happened to him immediately? Understanding. Well, that's my shoe money. I'll believe with him. You believe, uh, he's believing me for a pair of brown shoes. Sow him your shoe money. I rebuke the devil. Can you see what I'm doing? I'm understanding. My understanding. Well, yeah, what am I going to do? What about my shoes? He told me what about. Can you see this? And even then, you know, when I thought, well, okay. But then I'm thinking about, yeah, but he's got nice shoes. What is that? What's, what's the enemy of being led here? My understanding and reasoning and fear. Can you see it? That I won't have it. Mine will be gone. What am I going to do? I've been waiting as it is. And if the Lord didn't tell you to do it, you can mess up. There's only one way to get it right. Get it from him. So I, uh, I sat there, tried to enjoy the service, but I was thinking about this the whole time. Are you really going to do this? Are you really going to give him your shoe money? I finally got it settled. I thought, this is either the Lord or not. He either told me or he didn't. If he did, it's time to quit messing with this. Am I going to do it? Yes, I'm going to do it. And I didn't, I didn't know, talking to you, it wasn't going through my mind, I need a lot more than shoes. That hadn't dawned on me yet. I'm young in this. But when the service was over, I got up, I came over, and I said, excuse me, I said, well, and this may sound strange, but I want to ask you something. He said, yeah, sure, sure. He was nice. I said, are you believing God for a pair of brown shoes? He said, what? I thought, uh-oh, I've messed up. Because, you, you know, I'm a student. And, and students that flaky and go off the rails, they get in trouble, you know. <laughs> they get called in the office, and some of them get expelled. And I thought, oh, man, I may have messed up here. He said, and he called his wife. He, he called her over. He said, Say again what you told me. And I thought, oh, man, he wants a witness. <laughs> I, I just wanted to know, are you believing God for a pair of brown shoes? She threw her hands up and started praising God. They said just an hour before the service. Well, that was the same time I was rebuking the devil. <laughs> we joined hands because he needs, he's, he's got some good shoes, but he needs a good pair of brown shoes. And we just joined hands and said, Lord, we ask you for a good pair of brown shoes. We believe we receive them. I said, well, praise God. Uh, here's some money towards them. And I took my 50 and I handed it to him. They took it. And they, prayed, they prayed over me and, and believed with me for what I needed. And I left and it was a wintry day. And I was crossing the parking lot and the wind was blowing. I'm moneyless, shoeless. <laughs> But I felt like I was almost floating. Do you know why? I heard from God. I heard from God. Brown shoes. I heard from God. And so I went home in my little 69 Chevy pickup to our little rough apartment down in the rough part of town. But it wasn't long. I had some amazing things happen to me. I had people buy me some shoes. And then a year after that, people come up and hand me their credit card and say, go buy you some nice shoes. Now, I mean the, the exotic skin kind. I've had shoes come in the mail. Shoes just show up. And I mean nice ones. Can you see this? Did the Lord do what he said? I'm taking care of you. He said, you won't want for shoes. And I needed more than that. I needed all kind of things. And the Lord took care of me. And it just got better and better and better. But every one of us, in order to reap a harvest, you got to sow a seed. Right? Whoever heard of reaping a harvest and nobody planted anything? Right? Every farmer knows you got to plant something. But not just anything and not just anywhere. You plant what he tells you, where he tells you. Is that right? And then you're going to see some great things. In 1 John 2, let's finish with this verse. 1 John 2. 27, he says the anointing. Somebody say the anointing. 
The anointing which you have received of him abides in you. It doesn't leave you. It doesn't go and come. This anointing lives in you, dwells in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it, as it has taught you, the anointing has taught you, you shall abide in him. Here it calls the anointing him. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean that we don't need any teachers or preachers and nobody can teach you anything. Why did he give gifts to men? Mentioned in Ephesians. But what this is talking about, you are not dependent on a man to tell you what's right. Or to tell you what to do. Come on, can you see this? Even if you're being taught through some kind of ministry gift, you should be checking the one on inside of you and he'll let you know. Is that right? What's right? What's not? What's him? What's for you? What's not? That anointing is in you 24-7. He knows everything there is to know about cooking, house cleaning, transmissions and engines, motorcycles and boats. Come on, are you listening? He knows everything there is to know about banking and manufacturing and the best way to fix your hair. I'd sure like to know that. He'll show you. Ask him. He'll show you. Don't get in fear. Don't get in fear. Somebody say it again. Thank God for the spirit within. Stand on your feet, everybody.